You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Friday edition, Matt and I will be making our six-pack of best bets for Sunday, but previewing every game on the Sunday Week 8 slate and previewing Thursday Night Football, Panthers, Falcons. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. What'd you think Thursday night football? There's been some matchups that on paper didn't look great and turned out to be pretty good games. This is one that didn't look amazing on paper and turned out to be uh, kind of a kind of a snooze fest for me. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. I, I had high hopes for this game. I thought the over-under line was very, very low. I thought it was going to be bombs away, first one to 45 wins. But the weather derailed some of that, and maybe just the, the uh, I overrated the, the talent on the field a little bit too. Neither one of these teams blew me away. I mean, I will say, though, the Falcons have won two out of three with their new coach. Yeah, Maybe he's lobbying for the job, and maybe you run it back next year with Ryan and Julio and those guys. Julio had a big game. Todd Gurley finds the end zone every week. Um, I was a little blown away that they couldn't get DJ Moore more involved until the very end. I, I didn't quite understand that. But Curtis Samuel's a real interesting player who's finding his niche there. McCaffrey's on the horizon. And I don't know if you saw it, but Bridgewater got destroyed. I mean, I can't believe he came back in. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty uh, It was pretty cool, actually, to see him come back in. And we did see a, a short glimpse of P.J. Walker. And it's funny seeing how many of Matt Rule's ex-players he has littered on this roster. I think uh, knowing the people and setting a culture was huge for this season in Carolina. And, and I think we're seeing yeah. they're going to be a little bit short on talent to make any sort of a run this year, which is what I came away with in this game, because they should have been able to put up more than 17 points on yes. that Falcons defense. But um, I like what I see from Teddy Bridgewater. He got back in that game, which is good to see, because he's not the biggest guy either, and I've always worried about that with him, and I think that was the big thing with scouts. is like, oh, he's got skinny ankles and, you know, Teddy two gloves. Um, he's going to be hand- be able to handle the rigors of the NFL. But um, Mike Davis playing pretty well in uh, in duty in, in place of Christian McCaffrey. It looks like a long week now, and we'll see Christian McCaffrey and see how that backfield is split up. But I would imagine... Mike Davis's carries dwindle quite a bit, but the big story for the Panthers offense was the the usage of Curtis Samuel. And uh, he yeah. had the, the, the rushing touchdown just used as a straight-up running back, three carries for 23 yards, looking great in that role. Uh, like his cousin, I don't know if they're related, but Debo Samuel used similarly recently with uh, Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. So um, that, that's pretty fun to see them utilize him the best way you can. I think that's one thing that this coaching staff has done. And uh, Joe Brady got to give him credit for utilizing the talent he has uh, in the best way possible. Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, I agree with you, would have liked to see him get involved a little bit more earlier in the game and made some big plays at the end, but it was too little too late for the Panthers there. Yeah, yeah, it was. And um, I guess we can move on. I mean, I don't think either one of these teams is going anywhere. That's pretty clear. I think they're both in the bottom half of the league. Maybe the Falcons, like they did last year, have a much better second ah. half of the season than beginning, you know, than the first six games or whatever. But yeah. um, too little, too late. 
Yeah, you can kind of see it coming with the Falcons, which would be probably not the best thing for that friend. Like, I think they need a clean... Like, last year, I'm not sure it helped them. No, it, it hurt them. It absolutely hurt them, I think, to win yeah. all those games at the end of the year. They could have uh, revamped their coaching staff, maybe had a little bit more of a boost coming into this season with still a lot of talent, obviously, on offense. You see Julio Jones breaking off those routes. Seven catches for 137. I mean, we, we haven't really talked even yesterday previewing this and, and right now talking a lot about Atlanta. It's almost ho-hum. I mean, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I mean, they've got so much talent on offense, but they're just you know underachieving so much as as a team. We we know we know the story in Atlanta, so I think they need a um, to start over with a clean slate and cap wise. I'm just not sure if they can get out from under those Julio and Matt Ryan contracts. So I I, I get the feeling, like you mentioned, they might try to just eh, retool a little bit, and I don't know if that's the right way to go for them. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Um, last note is you mentioned Calvin Ridley, and I think he's phenomenal, having a great year, and he got injured in this game. The early reports, and remember, he's got a long week till he plays again, were, were pretty positive. So hopefully he doesn't miss any time. And I, I don't want to get too deep into this part either, but we had talked about some young defenders uh, on those rosters, and uh, they definitely showed up. So it was fun to watch guys like Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin right. led the team in tackles. Uh, Keanu yeah. Neal back, Deion Jones. There's some good players. Uh, A.J. Terrell got turned around on one play, but I've got high hopes for him as well. Uh, uh, the, the Falcons need a new coaching staff for sure. I mean, yeah, they need it. They need they need a, a fresh start there. But there is some talent on, on both of these rosters, so some hope for both teams going forward. I think. Yeah, for sure. Have you seen the news about Trevor Lawrence uh, having COVID nineteen testing positive? He has to sit for at least ten days. The Clemson quarterback, the presumed number one overall pick in the NFL draft, he'll miss a game, maybe a couple games, and then they have a bye week. So maybe uh, you know almost a month off for him might be the smart way to play it because apparently he does have some mild symptoms. Wow. I mean, I did see it. Um, I always look at it from an NFL draft lens, you know, like right. it wouldn't it be a shame if Clemson lost the game because of this, you know, and they were in a, and they could have steamrolled through the league. My hunch is they'll probably have some talent behind them. I was I just going to say that, like, what, what are the odds there's a five star just sitting back just like there was Wait, with Trevor there. Lawrence replacing uh, a superstar and Deshaun Watson? I bet there's a guy that everyone's going to be like, oh, OK, well, there, there's the next first rounder then. And he gets to play a couple games and showcase himself for next yeah. year. That's what I was thinking, too, is like this, you know, sophomore is going to come in and be like, oh, wow. OK, <laughs> yeah, <a little> time <laughs> right. to think about him for. 2022 first overall pick, you know, um, I, I, my, my only thoughts on the matter were, I'm sure there'll be more. And my, my hunch is I'm totally off base here, but I wonder if we have a combine and everyone, every doctor checks them out. Will there be any issues at all? You know, like, will there be any red flags because he had COVID? I just don't know enough about the disease. If people know enough about the disease, I bet not. I would imagine he'll be fine. He'll still be the first overall pick by a landslide. Um, but it is noteworthy. Obviously, he's the biggest name in college football. Absolutely. Yeah, the headliner. And, th you know, there's there's been COVID uh, patients that have had some some long term issues, you know, and so maybe and mm -hmm. they're going to put him through all the tests to make sure, you know, is there like some lung scarring or, you know, whatever could be associated with this that I, I've heard about a ton of things that are that are long term that, you know, and, and it probably won't happen. It's it's unlikely, but he has shown some mild symptoms. So that's something that teams are going to put. It's just going to be a little extra there in those draft reports and teams that are at the top of the draft uh, doing their due diligence. So they're going to put him through every single test possible. And and who knows, maybe there'll be something where they think, hey, long term, there's there there could possibly be an issue. Probably not, but uh, it's definitely something. Yeah, and I, 
is it like chicken pox where you can't get it a second time? I know that was like thought yeah, that way. Of I don't, I don't think and, we even know enough yet. Yeah. Okay. And it's, originally I remember like Zeke Elliott got it this off season and I said on this podcast, well then maybe I'll bump him up in fantasy cause he won't get it during the regular season. <laughs> you know, like yeah. could that be the case? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, that, that was it. sort of the idea originally. I don't know if that's exactly the case. And I'm sure there's sort of going to be mutated versions of this that, that might even get stronger. Who knows? Like there's a lot of things that could happen there that it's way above my head. But uh, an, an under an underreported story is Ryquel Armstead, the Jaguars running back. He's, Looking like he's going to miss, like he's got bad symptoms, right? He's going to miss the whole season probably. It's because he's still in, uh, in that COVID reserve situation, and there's not a lot of details on his situation. But um, you know, it's not just because these guys are young and, and healthy doesn't mean they're completely out of the woods with this kind of thing either. Yeah, we kind of brush that off, like oh, they'll be fine. Bummer, they're going to miss a game. You know, we got to put them on this dumb list. You know, but yeah, people are <laughs> just because they're young and unbelievably athletic and healthy compared to everyone else in the world doesn't mean they're not at risk. And yeah, I don't like the, I don't like this, this next wave of we're seeing more and more cases right now. And I don't like that at all. And especially heading into the holidays where there might be some more people getting together. It's just, it's a bad situation. I'm not feeling good about right now. And we're seeing uh, it, it through the NFL still with the chargers. There's an offensive lineman that tested positive for COVID. It looks like though the chargers Broncos game is not going to be affected and it will be played 1 PM Pacific time, 4 PM uh, Eastern on Sunday. Yeah. So that is good news, but we have so many games to break down. Yeah. I think we got to start moving on. Chargers Broncos will be one of those. Yeah. Matt and I will make our six pack of picks as well coming up. Peacock and Williamson. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of joining the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch i watch little breakfast refreshments throughout the day pretty much watch ball all day long pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching go to madeforfootballwatching.com check out the latest football watching content from pepsi is anybody out there hitting a wall whether this is Friday afternoon, you're listening to this podcast, or on the weekend, uh, I definitely was hitting a wall today before recording this podcast. I broke through that wall with Built Go. Built Go helped me get there, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take, one and a half ounce packages. Uh, you can put it in your briefcase, you can put it in your backpack, you can put it in your glove box, you can put it in your golf bag. That's another place that I love to have a Built Go is on the golf course, power you through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash feeling because it's natural and it's better for your body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Fast absorbing, gets into your system quickly, and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your energy. Beta alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. I did the honors last week, Matt. It is your turn to start. What is your first selection in this week eight six-pack of picks? 
Yesterday's show was awesome and made me think strongly in in Chris's favor. He made some really good points. But I'm going to kind of deliberately go against him. He took the Cowboys, right? He took Cowboys plus eight over the Eagles. I'll take the Eagles on that one. I'm looking at nine and a half. And if you're going to give me eight, I'm real happy about it. And my logic's simple. I mean, I just think the Dallas O-line is going to be totally, totally overmatched. I mean, the the one constant for the Eagles during this bad stretch they've been through has been their defensive front, the pressure, the stopping the run. And this Dallas O-line is amongst the worst in the league for the first time starting no-name quarterback. And the Eagles are starting to get kind of healthy. Like, I think we're going to see Rager and, you know, some of those guys against a terrible defense. So I just think Philly's a lot better and in a better place. I like Philly so much in this game, but man, it's a lot of points and it's hard for me to be that confident. But when I heard him pick Cowboys, like, man, I, I also can't pick the Cowboys over seven against the spread this year. Um, yeah, they could definitely go over eight and, and I like it. I like going head to head there. So that's a good pick. And yeah, I, I love that. The Eagles are never going to be out of it because of that defensive line. And I think that's yeah, huge. Right. They've got a quarterback and I know you're really big on Carson Wentz and people have given you crap even for that for how behind Carson Wentz you are. But I, I believe Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. you got your quarterback. You've got a really good defensive line. You're going to be in a lot of football games. And the Cowboys are a disaster. But who knows? Ben DiNucci. Maybe he's a dude. We'll find out. Maybe he's a dude. He's a, he's a Pittsburgh guy. He's a local one, so I'm rooting for him. But I think he's in for a long evening on Sunday night. You know what? I'm going to take on, for the second straight week, I'm going to take on... Chris as well with the same team he's picked against the Steelers two weeks in a row I like too much of what I'm seeing going on right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers so I'm going to take those points with the Steelers right now and uh, even though they're playing the Ravens but the lines at four I'm seeing I'll take four points and the Steelers to beat the Ravens and the Steelers to stay unbeaten Sunday how do you feel about my selection there Matt? I adore it, and it was going to be my next pick, to be very honest with you. And and I'll pull back the curtain just so I don't sound like the biggest homer ever. I'm going to pick the Steelers to lose this game, even though I think they're the slightly better team as it stands here on Halloween Halloween Eve. Um, but three and a half is the number I've seen. I just think the number is too big is, is all it comes down to. These right. guys always play tight games. They're basically on the same tier. I think the Ravens will win coming off a bye, and the Steelers are due to stub their toe a little, but I bet it's close. It's always close. And there were those numbers that uh, that Chris had talked about with favorites coming off a bye, but this is a little different situation with, with teams that know each other well, and I haven't seen the Ravens play at the level that I think they can play at, and I, and I really like the way the Steelers are playing in that defense. It's going to be close either way. I'm with you, so Steelers can lose by a field goal, and you're still winning here which I love yeah. about that pick. So uh, I'm going to stick with the Steelers. They were good to me last week, and you don't have to look like a homer picking your Steelers. Right, and honestly, if it was two and a half, I probably would take Baltimore, but uh, it's just too big a number for me. What do you got? Pick number three in the Sunday six-pack. Chris picked the Raiders over the Browns, right? I'm pretty he sure. He did, yep. Cause... It's uh, Raiders plus three over the Browns is what he had. So I'm not going to totally go against him pick after pick because my first two would have you you grabbed mine i love this argument for it go back and listen to yesterday's show i'm not sure the raiders aren't the better team than the browns i think that's an unexpected or kind of a a sneaky high scoring game i think Carr's playing well so i'll just take the points i think they're kind of equal so if you're gonna give me points i'll take the points i've seen and 
And Chris did a good job of laying out why this is not the case, but I've seen a lot of people point to, and, and since the Browns won last week, that the Browns might be even better on offense without Odell Beckham. What, what are your mm. thoughts on that idea? No, because, well, I, I guess the logic is, I'm trying to get in the heads of people that would say that, is Baker feels obligated to throw to Odell, got to keep him happy, he needs to get his touches, and that can be a bad situation. I was going to say toxic, but that's too strong a word. That could be a bad situation, especially for a young developing quarterback. I mean, that wouldn't happen to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or whatever. But I just think when we go watch the coaches tape of this game and the following ones, you know, we, we said this earlier in the week. I mean, when you watch coaches tape, you know who the defense thinks is the number one threat. And everyone in the world thinks Odell's the number one threat. And so now if life gets harder for Landry and Higgins, you know, Higgins is a good story, but what if he gets the number one corner and then they put the number two corner on Landry and give him help? You know, like are those guys going to get away from that? I don't think. I almost want to take the Browns here just to be contrarian, but it, it's hard for me. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll go Browns and, and giving up three points, even though I don't love it, because I just don't believe in the Raiders. Carr, not great under pressure. Miles Garrett could be in his grill most of the day. I like their weapons, too. and I don't think they're better without Odell, but I just think that they have guys that can get open. Like, I like Higgins. Higgins is one of those players. He gets open yeah. catches the ball. He's not dynamic down the field, not a big run-after-catch guy, but he can make things happen, and the offense is going to be fine. Kareem Hunt. And, you know, there might be... The Joku, Bryant. Right. You know, they got guys. Should be able to still put up points on that Raiders defense, and all the Las Vegas might be able to hit a couple of those deep Henry Rugg shots. That might really blow this one out of the water for me, but I think the Browns are, are, are a better team, and... I'll go Browns just to be contrarian, even though uh, I would not put money on the Browns here. One of my Browns betting rules would be if they rush the passer really well, bet against the Browns. If they don't, you definitely give the Browns O-line the the edge here over the Vegas pass rush, and Baker should have time and carve them up. I just think the the Raiders' offense is quite good, too. So um, I I just like the points. I'm not saying Vegas is going to win, and I bet Baker has a nice day. Michael Thomas is currently questionable. This would really skew this he's one play, in the right? Saints' direction. I think he's going to play, and he might play angry. He, he plays angry anyway, but with some of the trade rumors and stuff going on, going on without him, maybe he would save some of those punches for the other team here, which is the Chicago Bears. Uh, four points. I'll give up those four points. I'll take the Saints because uh, the Saints are just a lot better. I think the, the Bears were a little bit exposed in prime time against the Rams. Uh, give me the Saints. The Saints are a better team than they've showed, and I would take even the, the bad Saints version over the Bears right now. So Saints minus four. Yeah, I, I don't love the idea of New Orleans, who I always think of as such a dome team in potentially sloppy Chicago Bears, slow track type of deal. But yeah. what if Allen Robinson doesn't play? I mean, right. where are they going to get offense from? Yeah, Robinson's in protocol. Let me check the latest on on Robinson. Last I saw, it didn't sound good for him. I believe he's just listed as questionable, so hard to say until he he practices later today. Yeah, I mean, he's got to pass a couple more tests, and you know, his was on a Monday night, so it's one fewer day to get through it. Yeah, I like the Saints here too, but uh, I don't love the track they're on. That's a good point. And Drew Brees throwing it, you know, if, if the weather's not perfect, and so yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, it's windy. I mean, I, he's not going to handle wind well. Hey, but then it's just then it just becomes an Alvin Kamara game anyway. So that's maybe the best thing that could happen for the Saints offense. Yeah, and I got to think Thomas returns. He's been out forever. He has to be back. He has to be back. I would imagine. Uh, I got one more pick, or am I done? Uh, you have one more. We each have one more to go here. Four out of six so far. 
I feel like I am poking the bear, and the bear here is Bill Belichick, but I think Bill Belichick's team stinks because he has bad football players. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bills are better than they've shown the last couple weeks. They've struggled a little bit, but I think their defense is real, even though it hasn't shown up much this year. I'll lay the points here in Buffalo against what I think is a bad Patriot team. I like this one. I like this one a lot. Uh, It's division opponent. It's hard because I just I stay away from Bill for the most part because of those things. Um, but I'm going to go Bills here with you because after what I've seen this year with the Patriots, they have nothing. And it looks like uh, Edelman's already been ruled out for this week. So, I mean, you're talking Gunnar Olszewski. As much as I like yeah. Gunnar Olszewski, I, the Patriots are severely undermanned. I mean, even Damian Harris is questionable. Like, he kind of looked good the other day. Like, Cam looks horrendous. You know, is he Cam, play Cam looked game? awful last week. Uh, he did. Gilmore's questionable. Yeah, Gilmore's questionable. Wow. And Gilmore's not even playing at the level, even close to the level he did last year either. Right, but he'd get digs and John Brown's back for this game. And, and even, by the way, that Gilmore being, quote, questionable, I wonder if that means he's getting yes, traded. That's exactly what I was just going to say, <laughs> because uh, even the even the word coming out of New England is that players are available that they're listening to offers and, and you don't hear that like the Patriots no. waving a white flag. It's unheard of. No. Right. I mean, Bill, when I heard Belichick say, Hmm, I don't know what you're talking about. Gilmore being available. Made me think he's available. Oh, he's definitely available. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, right. he's like five minutes from being dealt. Right. Um, right. Yeah. He's, he's on a plane as we speak. Right. What was the number you got there with the bills? Um, I'm looking at four and a half minus four and a half. Hats. Okay, I like but it. But I think yesterday we had it four. Come to think of it. Oh I yeah, you know what? It is four. Yesterday. No, I'm seeing four where I'm at too. So we're gonna give you four. That'll work. Yeah. Even better. That is it. The Pats are in a bad place. I've never seen them get dominated like they did last week. That was pretty amazing. Oh, horrendous. Ooh, this is a tough one for my last selection. Uh, I'm gonna go head to head though with the Action Network and Chris Raybon. And his guy, Stucky, I don't remember which one of them was the one that made this pick, but they picked the Vikings against the Packers. I'm going back to the well. The Packers have been good to me this year. The Packers are just too good, and the Vikings are another team that's somewhat waving the white flag, and they're undermanned. Um, I, it's, it's seven points, which isn't you know, ideal, but I just think the Packers are so much better, and there's big potential for the Packers to blow out the Vikings, and I see almost no chance for the Vikings to win this game. So give me Green Bay, and I'll, I'll give away those seven points. Yeah, this was one I would avoid. This would be low on my list of ones to put money on. Because to your point, it might be 35-7 to 7 Green Bay. You know, they might just smear it in their face and Rodgers is throwing on third and one when they're up 30, you know, with five minutes on the clock and just, you know, abusing them. But I think they're a better team, or I know they're a better team when Dalvin Cook is healthy. I think the Vikings offense will do things and keep it close. I'm going to take Minnesota. My theory is that it won't be close enough to utilize Dalvin Cook as he should be used, you know, so that mm-hmm. and, and when it gets put on Kirk Cousins shoulders, then it's, you know, and maybe Cook still gets his numbers with dump offs and stuff like that. But I don't see that being enough of an impact for the way I see this game going, which is Green Bay goes up early on that Vikings defense. And then they can't control the clock with Cook and right. play their style. And we've seen a couple of those games where they have 21 minutes of time of possession at the end of the day and they get blown out. Yep, absolutely. Okay, there's our six-pack of picks. Are you taking Packers or Vikings in that, by the way? 
I'm going to go Vikes, Your but Vikes again, that would be my last draft right. pick, I think. And no, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going out on a limb here, and, I, and I'm taking on the Action Network. I, this is going to be a fun week. We've got two head-to-heads here. Three head-to-heads total. Two for me, one for you. I like it. Okay, we got Steelers, Saints, Packers, Eagles, Raiders, and Bills. We will go over the rest of the games and make our picks for Sunday coming up. Beacock and Williamson. I saw Jets and Chiefs. Matt, and it's it's Jets on the road at Chiefs, too. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. What's this line going to be? And I'm going to take it if it's not big enough. And 19 and a half is like, I can't take that, even though I almost want to. Um, obviously, and the Jets have What's funny is I looked at it yesterday. It was 20. And now I'm looking at it as 20 and a half where I'm looking at okay. it. Okay. Like 20 oh, so and exactly. a half? 20 <laughs> so is a magical number. And people are, so people are still throwing money on 20. Yeah, the, the Jets are obviously garbage. And even jumping out to a lead last week, they couldn't hold it against a, a good team. And so they have no chance. And, and this could be complete blowout city at Kansas City. Um, 19 and a half points, though. Maybe some magic with... With uh, Darnold hitting Denzel Mims on a long play, uh, maybe the Chiefs are up early and kind of just sit on it. I don't know. Uh, give me, give, give me twenty. If we're talking twenty and a half points, I'll take over twenty points. I mean, it's like it's getting ridiculous at some point, but I don't even feel good about that. I'm gonna lay the points. It's just so rare that I get the opportunity to do one verse thirty-two yeah. in one's building on my thirty <laughs> on my power ranks. <laughs> That should be double digits. Pretty much any year, any week, whenever it was, you get one verse 32 and one's building. Um, but really, this sounds bad because they're both professional teams, and I do respect even the bottom feeders that they can come to play and challenge other you know top teams. But I think it comes down to just how ruthless is Andy Reid going to be in the second half in terms of covering. Yeah. Is he going to say, hey, Lev Bell, you want to score three touchdowns against your old team? Ha, here you go. Or are they just going to kind of sit on it and run the clock and, you know, play small ball like they kind of have this year and win by, you know, 15, 16, 17. You know? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of ruthless on the other side there, Greg Williams has a, a certain um, a certain personality and he's thought a certain way around the league. And I know there were some whispers out of Miami last week when they brought in Tua and it was garbage time. And Greg Williams started bringing some exotic blitzes and corner blitzes and trying to hit the rookie quarterback just to be a jerk, basically. Yeah, right. right, right. Uh, and, and Miami didn't appreciate that at all. They didn't like that at all. So that this might be a situation where, you know, I don't know what the relationship is like with, with Andy Reed and the coaching staff with the jets, but this could be one where he's like, all right, you want to go exotic against a rookie quarterback. Well, how about Patrick Mahomes going exotic? on your ass right now for for 60 minutes right right here's a bomb to Tyreek even though we're up 20 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know, play action to Lev Bell and bomb to Tyreek yeah Greg Williams is one of the least likable people in the league in my opinion oh absolutely yeah and he's a yeah. fraud of a coordinator too probably uh Gason and and Greg Williams I mean it's they're oh. the worst coaching staff in the league right now and and they might be running out of places to get jobs after right. this year and there's a lot of players on the Jets roster by the way that might be playing their last game in New York this week with the deadline coming up you got to think. I mean, at least they'll be fielding offers and getting rid of some contracts, and we'll see. I mean, I, and I keep looking at the Jets and thinking Miami looked about this bad one year ago, too. And, you know, if, what if Trevor Lawrence is there next year? You know, like, it's not that crazy. You know, trade Darnold for an early second and add a good draft class, sign two or three people, get rid of Gase, <laughs> you know, yeah. sign – you know, Brady oh, yeah. from the, the Panthers. And I, I love there. the I love the Jets in 2022. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, maybe, and you, you, some more draft picks that they have to work with if they trade a few more guys. Yeah. And I love the draft from Joe Douglas. So I'm all on board there. This year, though, it's a, it is it is a, a garbage situation there with what uh, they're doing. And they all know it. And it's just, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's losing atmosphere. Through, yeah. Right. 
I mean, convince Debo Sweeney to come coach uh, Trevor Lawrence next year okay. in the Big Apple. Wow. That would be fun. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, things could change quick, is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yes, absolutely. I'm buying that jet stock for 2022. Uh, let's yeah, go to the it's Titans. It's pretty low right now. Oh, yeah, it's definitely low. Uh, Titans at Bengals. we got to move quickly here. Titans favored by yeah, six. Sorry. This was one of the picks for the Action Network, I believe. No, that was last week they had the Titans. Uh, it is Titans favored by six at Bengals. What do you think? I like the Titans here. Um, they came back really strong in that game last week. I think their offense is exceptional. I think the Bengals' defense is pretty darn bad. I think the Bengals' O-line's a mess right now. No Joe Mixon. The Bengals play close games, though, and I bet Burrow puts up numbers, but I think Tennessee is just way better. I'm with you. I'll take the Titans, and I'll, I'll give up those six points. It's under a touchdown, so I'll take it. Here's one that I almost picked. I wanted to take the Colts. They're giving up three points, favored at Detroit, but uh, the— the Colts don't beat anybody by a lot, even though they've got a four and two record. So that's why I kind of pumped the brakes on this one. But I think the Lions are and they're trading for people. That's a little bit optimistic, I think, for Detroit thinking they're going to be <laughs> yeah. contenders. It might be a little desperate. And not, yeah. you know, optimistic might not be the word. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, if they get to eight and eight, they probably keep their job. I'm going to take the Lions. It wouldn't shock me. I'm on this big kick of rookie running backs. We've had this conversation coming off their bye. Life is much better post by rookie running backs. Like maybe J.K. Dobbins goes off. You know, we saw Swift come out of his bye and do more things. So this might be Jonathan Taylor running all over them for 180 yards and the Colts defense just stifling them and winning this game 17-3. But, you, got, you know, I'm a little bit of a soft spark for the Lions. I think Stafford's playing great. I think this offense is quite good. I think they keep it close. I'll take the Lions plus points. Uh, speaking of rookies, Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman might get – activated from IR at some point very soon. I thought I saw that he might return this week, but he hasn't been I officially I think he hasn't been officially activated yet. Maybe um, weapons bad. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Kelly and Mo Ali Cox both questionable still in this game. Everson Griffin, by the way, will not play for Detroit. He's out this week. No, oh, okay. I think there's COVID rules. Like you can't just switch teams. And, yes. Yeah, yeah, you have to go through the whole yeah. new protocol, I think, for for the new team, even if you just had it passed with your old team. Uh, we That's to, why I thought more deals would happen a couple days ago. As right, yeah, to, to get now, everybody yeah. in sooner so you have that extra buffer period so they can play week nine. Yeah. We've got the Rams at the Dolphins, the five and two Rams at the three and three Dolphins. Rams favored by three and a half on the road. This is another one that I, I almost wanted to go Dolphins here because I like the way they're playing, and I think two is going to just keep the thing going uh, just as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick was. I, I think he's ready to go. Yeah, this is low on my list of ones I would have picked for the six-pack, too. I think Donald could be a home wrecker. Hey, one of my Rams rules is, hey, does the opponent rush the passer really well? If so, I think Goff will have a harder time. I'm not sure Miami fits that bill, but mm -hmm. they cover well. I just keep going back and forth. I like the, I'll take the home team plus four or whatever, but if it was two and a half, I would definitely take the Rams. Gotcha. No, I like that. And uh, the Rams should definitely be favored in this one, but sneaky, mm -hmm. sneaky Dolphins pick for me on that one. Let's see. This game is. It looks like it is happening, even though uh, Chargers offensive lineman. I'm blanking on who it was now. That was. He was backup dude. COVID COVID protocol. It's the two and four Chargers at the two and four Broncos. Uh, there's no line I'm looking at right now because of that COVID situation. Board, yeah. But um, I'll. The last I saw was three. Chargers favored by three. 
Yeah, if you want to go with that. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably what I would. I, that's a pretty good line because I was straight up. I was going to say Chargers for sure, but I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, neither one of these teams is winning a lot of games. I did not like what I saw from Drew Locke last week, so I'll take San or uh, almost called him San Diego. Gosh, it's been so long. I'll I'll take L.A. in this one over Denver. Me too. I think three is a pretty good number, though. Denver's still a tough place to play. I just think they have a much better quarterback, L.A., that is, and defenses are pretty equal, although I have a lot of respect for Denver's defense. Denver has some weapons, but uh, I don't like how Locke's playing, and I think I do like the, the vibes around the Chargers right now. Yeah, and hurting for weapons on in Denver's roster, too. Tim Patrick is questionable, and he's been yeah, their leading receiver so far. I'm waiting for that, that uh, Jerry Judy breakout. Maybe this is the week it happens with Tim Patrick out. And, and maybe my fantasy team is so destroyed. I'm playing Judy be, by default, but I have a little sneaky suspicion that he does quite well this week. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Jerry Judy, I think is, I, I still, I mean, I had him as the top receiver in the draft and, and he, oh, he was him. breaking off routes at the beginning of the year. I don't know why it hasn't gotten on track yet there. The quarterback situation obviously is a huge part of it, but I'm expecting the breakout to happen. So why not now? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, nope, one more. We've got the... You say you almost forgot your guys. <laughs> I almost forgot. And I almost, <laughs> I almost wanted to pick this game too, but this game could go so many different ways. Division rivals, Niners are underdogs here on the road in Seattle. The 4-3 and three 49ers at the 5-1 and one Seahawks. Seattle favored by three. I think it was three and a half, so looks like some money may be coming in on the Niners. Tough one, too. I mean, again, I have a lot of respect for these organizations, absolutely for these coaches. But, man, this Seattle offense is humming. And I know the Niners are in better shape at corner, but not Lockett and DJ Metcalf shape. Hmm. And I know Seattle's defense is super bad, but how how often do they lose two in a row? I'm going to go Seattle at home. I wish there were fans in the stands, though. The old Big 12 matchup of Jason Verrett versus Tyler Lockett, which they faced off in college, and they talked about it this week uh, in press conferences. Uh, That would be a fun matchup to watch. I don't think the 49ers are going to necessarily travel with their corners. They usually kind of stick to one side or go boundary and field with their cornerbacks. But they might take a a little bit out of the Cardinals' playbook, and I watched some of that game, and I think you, you, you have somebody over the top of DK, and you rally to tackle... Tyler Lockett underneath. And even though he went 15 catches for 200 yards, the Seahawks still lost that game. And so uh, I think that's probably the way the 49ers will play this cover four, a lot of stuff to try to stay over the top of DK and then uh, use their speed at linebacker and go tackle these guys. I don't know if that's the way to do it, but it's really hard with those two players. Uh, There's really no good answer because you can't take both of them away at the same time. The question for me is on the other side, what can the 49ers offense do that's pretty banged up right now? No Debo Samuel, can they throw the ball past the sticks? Can they go put up a bunch of points on the Seahawks? If it's a if it's a high-scoring game, I think it favors the Seahawks. I think the 49ers will try to play ball control, run the ball, keep Seattle's yes. offense off the field. If it's a lower-scoring game, uh, give me the Niners. So um, I think the way the Niners are playing, what I saw with the Seahawks, their defense is a problem right now for them. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go Niners. Give me those three points. Yeah, I mean, I think Kittle could explode. But I almost feel like it's Russ versus the Niners run game. You know, that they're going to, like you said, they're going to play close to the vest, play action as they usually do, eat up a lot of clock. And I'll take Russ. Yep, that's the game plan. Offense should be the best defense for the 49ers here. Keep Russ off the field. Good stuff, Matt. That is the Sunday games. We'll talk Monday Night Football tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but Monday, and we will break down all of Sunday's action right here. Peacock and Williamson.